Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sydney Weiss, and here is Stacey Pates. Thanks, Sid. On this episode of Believe in Sparks, we're going to hear from a pair of veterans. We'll also hear from head coach Derek Fisher on what it's like to coach these extraordinary women. As always, special thanks to Natalie Gilmore, the coordinator of public relations and communications, and Eli Horowitz will be the voice you hear directing the media through this call. This 2020 basketball season has a lot of unique layers, not just because they're playing in the bubble, but what they're playing for. We're going to hear from Candace Parker and Tierra Ruffin-Pratt on what this season really means. First, let's hear from head coach Derek Fisher. Tukni Nguyen with the LA Times. When you were a player, uh, how has the needle moved when it comes to player involvement and really league involvement? regarding speaking on social issues and where we are now to having players and really kind of take the forefront in, in these conversations? Uh, yes. No, great question. I think the needle has definitely moved. Um, I think, you know, in, in this country, I think we're finally ready to, uh, to have these conversations and to feel uncomfortable uh, while we do it. Uh, for many years, definitely the, the generation that I came through um, it just was not something that was as acceptable um, for for players to speak to issues that maybe uh, we did not have experience in, right? If if we were not social activists, then you know what role do we play in that regard? Uh, but that was just conditioning, you know. That was that was we were taught that that was the right way to do it when we had examples of Muhammad Ali and Tommy Smith and other athletes that had taken you know, certain positions and stands and maybe in the moment were looked at in a negative way. But then looking back in history, they actually were the real heroes, not just because of what they did uh, athletically, but, you know, having a position in terms of uh, what things were happening in the country at those times. So I think for TRP, um, you know, we're proud of her for being at the forefront of these conversations and on that committee. Uh, and we want to partner with all of our players to provide that space and platform for them while we're here so that they do not feel like we're asking them to tune that off and only concentrate on basketball uh, when it's required of all of us uh, to pay attention and be involved in these conversations right now. Hi, Coach. Hugh Hopkins from Double Clutch in the UK. Good to see you. Um, I was wondering what you thought uh, the expectations were for this team and specifically what the expectations were uh, for Candice Parker and, and what type of veteran leader she needs to be on a team full of talented veterans. But um, I guess there's, with the, from the outside, the expectations seem like they're pretty high and uh, what, what you're going to need from her this season. Yeah, no, um, I appreciate the question. I mean, I think our, under normal circumstances, our expectations would be really, really high. I think, you know, we we obviously want and always have championship aspirations. Um, I don't think that has changed in terms of what our hopes are and what we feel like we're capable of accomplishing. Um, you know, but I do believe there are some, some real life uh, things that we're going to have to manage in terms of, um, you know, our expectations, right? Because our players uh, have not been able to prepare themselves for a season that would possibly allow them to operate at their highest levels. And so 
I think we're going to have to be smart about what we expect. And, and I think coming to this more just open-minded uh, and willing to adjust and adapt to actually what we're seeing and, and still find a way to get it done. And I believe that Candace uh, is coming into this season healthier uh, physically and mentally. Uh, she's in a much better place than she was at this point in training camp last year. Uh, so, uh, you know, in terms of what we expect from her, uh, I think she's going to have a phenomenal season. I think she's going to be able to stay healthier, even though uh, she's been, you know, battling, trying to figure out ways to stay in great shape like like everybody. Um, but but she looks really good. Um, and I think her leadership is, is vital to the success of our team uh, because so many of our players, whether veteran or young players, um, still look to Candace as an anchor of who we are. Uh, so when she's going good and she's in a good place, uh, it makes our team uh, much, much better. Uh, she's utilizing her voice a lot with our young players, and I, I think our, our veterans respect her as well. And, um, you know, as a coach, I'm looking forward to being able to uh, take advantage of her versatility and some of the things that she can do, uh, which at times was limited last year just because she wasn't physically able to do them. I will go over to Michelle Vopel of ESPN. How do you see this team that you have now being different than the team you envisioned, obviously back in February, where, you know, you're thinking Christy and Shanae are, are, are going to be playing. How is this team different or, or what are the biggest challenges of adjusting to what you were sort of planning for then? Yeah, I think from a roster perspective, um, you know, Christy Tolliver's um, ability to play the game and impact the game uh, was was something that, uh, you know, I had big plans for, uh, you know, Chelsea had to carry so much weight last season for us uh, that we really prioritized adding a player in free agency, um, you know, that, that could really help elevate our backcourt play and the consistency in terms of ball handling, decision-making, um, you know, level of leadership and mental and physical toughness that Christy brings. Uh, so that that is definitely a void that we're going to have to fill together. Uh, there's you, you can't choose one player to replace Christy Tolliver. So that'll be by committee. Um, we're, we're excited that that Taya Cooper, although she's a rookie, uh, does bring us some some guard play that we like, that we feel like she can uh, really provide for us. But I think the um, the expectations for Raquana Williams will will have to be higher without Christy, right? That her talents, her abilities, her skills uh, we'll need to find ways to bring out more uh, this season. Uh, Chanae, uh what she does defensively for us in terms of her activity, um, you know, supporting her teammates, her rebounding, uh, those are things that we're going to miss as well. Uh, Rashonda Gray can fill the void a little bit in terms of rebounding and her activity. Uh, she she plays the game with a level of physicality, um, but but Chanae's also a joyful person. Um, and you need that within the framework of a team. And we, we also feel lucky that Rashonda uh, has some similarities in terms of her personality, the quality and integrity of who she is. Uh, so we still feel like we're in, in good shape, but, um, you know, we're going to miss two all-stars for sure. <laughs> Questions for Candace Parker. We'll start with Brady Clopper with SB Nation. Candace, you mentioned a few days ago on social media that the season, that the champion deserves an exclamation point rather than an asterisk. Um, I'm just wondering, with only 22 games, obviously there's all the uncertainty and all the question marks of the bubble and obstacles there, but 
with just a shortened schedule, what do you feel is the key both individually and as a team for getting out of the gates hot and being able to have success, even though you have 14 fewer games? Is that something you do schematically or is that something where maybe you and NECA and Chelsea just have to shoulder a little bit of a heavier load or what goes into to succeeding in a short season? This bubble in itself, um, to answer the first part of your question with the exclamation point, I mean, I think everybody here is kind of fighting individual battles um, just with what's going on individually in the world, um, where we're at. Um, So I think this season especially isn't an asterisk. It's an exclamation point just because of all the factors and outside things that are going on that kind of determine who's here and who's not for the season. Um, everybody that's here wants to be here and, you know, we don't fault the people that aren't, but um, I definitely don't think that it's a season that is going to be easier than any other ones um, or an exception. So with that being said, individually, I think it's health for me. And it's always been that if I can keep my body healthy, um, then I can play. And I think as a team, that's that's our mindset is to go in in a shortened season and be healthy. You know, a lot of people, I think, looked at the negatives of the bubble. And for me, as an older player, I looked at it as a positive. I mean, we're not traveling. We're not going to have to recover on a flight after a back-to-back. We're not going to have to get up early and travel. Um, on The ride to practice in L.A. Is, is an hour for me. So that's sitting on my back and putting pressure on that. Everything is here. We're able to kind of have a tunnel vision of focus. And so I think those are two things that our team has struggled with in the past, and it's kind of forced on us now. John W. Davis, the Windsider. Uh, Can you kind of talk to me about um, this season? And then maybe I'm wrong, but if I'm wrong, correct me. But it seems like this season is one of the first, if not the first season that you and your ba- you and your daughter can really share like a, a total love of basketball. It seems like that as she continues to get older, like right now is when she's finally deciding that like, oh, I, I actually love basketball and I love watching mommy play. Because before it seemed like she was kind of just, she was playing, but now she's really developing the love for it that I know you have. Honestly, this season is really special to me just because – after, um, you know, last season and going into the off season, she kind of picked up the game a lot. And she was really excited about this season. I mean, as early as December, she was like, I can't wait to go back to Staples and watch you play. And she had never said that before. And she normally has an iPad and we try to get her to watch two or three quarters without her iPad. And now she's, you know, into it and she's playing 2K and she's playing with LA Sparks on 2K. And so, it's really fun when you're able to kind of share your passion with your kids and for her to be old enough now to really, really remember. And now it's my responsibility. Like she's watching everything I do. When I watch her on the floor, I see myself and, you know, it's good and some, some of it's bad. And so it's just, you know, when I'm talking to the ref, she's, she's talking to the refs too. And so I think it's, um, she's teaching me a lot too at this point um, in my career is, you know, she's, she's actively uh, of watching and it's important for me to, to be a role model for her. We'll go over to Howard McDowell with Next Hoops. You know, you and I have talked a lot about your legacy through the years. And I guess I wonder if you've thought about how significant it is for you to be part of this season, which 
obviously is unlike any other before it and whether your presence here is significant in your mind both from a basketball perspective and just from a personal emotional perspective as you process what 2020 ends up being for everyone i think it's important for me to want to be here and i wanted to i don't think these are ideal situations and circumstances that any of us could could have predicted and especially with what this year is um you know, and everything that's going back on in, in LA right now with everything kind of closing back down, uncertainties. But it's weird because, um, you know, everybody's in this bubble and we're kind of in a different space, but basketball has been something that I've always leaned on my entire career, my entire life, really. When things aren't going well, I look to that for joy. And as much anticipation and hesitation that there has been going into the season, when we got here and we stepped on the floor, I mean, I was smiling the entire time just because the joy you have from basketball, it just brings back so many memories and there's so much opportunity. And so I think just being here, it kind of eased a little bit of the burden of 2020 and all the pressures when you're in between the line and, and kind of able to, to play the game that you love. Uh, Michelle Vopel, ESPN. Candace, if I could ask you a little bit bigger picture question, obviously, Carol Lawson just got the Duke job. Nikki McCray is at Mississippi State. You have a very prominent career as an analyst. Can you just give me your perspective on what you think the footprint is of several of you who, you know, are carrying on Pat's legacy in different ways, but in a in a very, um, you know, very big picture way and a very visible way? I think it's so important. And, you know, you you talk about legacy and to me, you know, it's what you leave behind and it's what you leave in the people. It's part of you that you leave behind. And I know all of us are different, but we all embody characteristics and, and Pat, you know, in us. And um, I know she would be proud because she really emphasized, you know, working hard, you know, finding your finding your path and, and dedicating yourself to people and passion. And I could still hear her say that, you know, that if you spend your entire life fighting and fighting to have people and passion, then you'll never fail. And, you know, it's really cool for me to see and look around of, you know, all the branches of the Lady Vol program and, you know, what it's all because of Coach Summit. We'll go over to Sue Favor. You know, now that you're a veteran and you've got the all the all changing personnel this year as as usual. What's what's your role on the team this year as and especially compared to maybe when you first came into the league? How is how is your role this year as opposed to say previous years with the unusual circumstances? I don't know if my role is any different, honestly, uh, Sue. I I feel as though when I stepped into the league, there was expectations, and even now there's expectations. Um, I think when I stepped into the the league, people were asking whether I would be able to compete and, and, and play the way that I knew I could. And then now those are those same questions. And I really, I really like a challenge. And I know that there's a lot of challenges going forth in this season. And there's a lot of, um, I would say, question marks after last. And I just, all I do is control the things I can control. I don't know if I have a role, I think, I would hope that, um, you know, that 
for me, it's just demonstration every day of, of, of competing. And I think it's also, honestly, Sue, just doing my job of taking care of my body off the court. I think that's my biggest, my biggest role is just to make sure that I can be on the court to, to help my teammates. The 2020 WNBA season is dedicated to social justice. Together with the WNBA and the WNBPA, they launched a new platform, the Justice Movement, which amplifies the voices and leadership of WNBA athletes. All games this season will honor the Black Lives Matter movement and the hashtag Say Her Name campaign. The mission of the Social Justice Council is to be a driving force of necessary and continuing conversations about race, voting rights, LBGTQ plus advocacy, gun control, and other important societal issues. The work of the Social Justice Council will be led by players like Satu Sabali and Spark's own Tierra Ruffin-Pratt, among others. All right, we're going to go right into it. Questions for TRP. Uh, we'll start with Erica Ayala. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the Social Justice Council. As I understand, it was actually the league that suggested your name. That's what Leija Clarendon had said. Um, I'm curious to know what you hope to bring to that council and, and what you hope to learn um, through your participation. Um, yeah, Leisha texted me and was like, NECA threw my name out there. Um, thought it was important for me to be involved because I've dealt with a lot of this stuff personally between being my cousin being killed uh, by a cop and then one of my other cousins being killed um, by another kid uh, just with gun violence. So um, I think I can bring some stuff from a personal personal note from my end. Um, we're just trying to get justice for, for those who can't stand for themselves um, and for African-Americans in this country that are being targeted um, just by police brutality or, or gun violence in, in itself. So um, I'm trying to help in any way that I can possible. Um, I know from a personal standpoint that getting justice is, is very important, um, but justice to me may not be justice for someone else. So just being able to, to be there and be a helping hand in any way that I can. Holly Rowe, ESPN. I just wanted to ask you like, everybody's kind of new coming through the first few days of practice after long layoffs that are unusual for you. Um, how have you reacted and how would you say the team as a whole has reacted to, you know, getting back onto the court together and actually playing some basketball? Um, I think we're adjusting really well. Uh, Fish is doing a great job just kind of like bringing us in easy, not trying to do too much on our bodies. We're an older team now. Um, so we're kind of just, just teaching right now. Um, we got a good amount of new players, but our core is still solid. So I think we're just uh, like taking it step by step, not cutting any corners, um, starting at the fundamentals, the basics, and then working our way up. Um, so I think it's been a good transition from being home for three, four months, then being in LA for two weeks, getting some individual work now, being in a team setting, kind of just taking it step by step. Duke Neen, you in with the LA Times. Hi, TRP. Uh, going back to the Social Justice Committee thing, um, like what kind of visions do you have in terms of the actions that you guys will take and the conversations you guys will lead as players in the WNBA on these issues? Um, I think we all are just trying to stand uh, for what's going on in this country. Uh, there's been a lot of social injustice, police brutality, racism. Um, I think we want to take a stand and make it known that it's it's not okay. Um, 
and we're not going to stand for it in this league. Uh, and I know even though we're we're locked away in this bubble, uh, we can still use our platforms as best we can, uh, get everybody on the same page within the league, um, and just get our voices out there and continue to be heard. Um, even though we are not able to be out on the front lines, still putting the word out for those who are out there still working for us um, and still letting our voices be heard by doing things like we are now with the media, uh, posting on, on social media, um, and just letting our letting our voices be heard in any way possible. We'll go to John W. Davis, the insider. So I just wanted to ask you if we can, you know, I appreciate, obviously, you know, I appreciate everything that you're talking about uh, when it comes to social justice and social <clears throat> injustice. But if I could ask you a basketball-related question, what do you think or how do you think you can take your game uh, to another level this season offensively and even defensively? What can you do to be better? I just always do whatever the team needs me to do. I've always been that defensive threat, um, but just being able to be that that next man up, um, always be prepared. I know a lot of people on other teams don't see me as an offensive threat, but just being a, that piece that, that the team needs, if it's, they need me to be a spot of shooter, I'll be that. They need me to be a slasher. I'll be that. Um, but just helping the team out in any way possible. Um, I'm always working on my game, always ready to be be what the team needs me to be. Every woman on this Sparks roster and throughout the WNBA are truly inspirational. Special thanks to Candace and TRP for all your insight, for sharing your thoughts, your heart. We appreciate that. And, and T, we know that you're going to continue to do amazing things as part of the Social Justice Council. On the next episode of Believe in Sparks, we're going to hear from the remaining three players and, of course, head coach Derek Fisher. We'll have Raquana Williams, Christina Nigue, and Chelsea Gray right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, iHeart, and TuneIn. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SpeaceBaby24. And you can follow Stacy Pates on Instagram and Twitter at Stacy Pates. And we'd love to have you advertise on this show. Just reach out to Believe at Believe.com for more information. Thank you for listening to this episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sydney Weiss for Stacey Pates and go Sparks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.